Hello and welcome to this final episode of our Marketing Models mini-series. It's looking at how to get your marketing done. You are listening to Marketing in Times of Recovery and I am your host, Iowa Bass, Director of Abbas Marketing. If you've not had a listen to part one of this mini-series, do take a listen. It's about online and group programmes. And part two, it looks at consultants and independents. Make sure you follow the links in the show notes to take a listen and, and find out more about those. Anyway, today we're looking at collectives. Collaboration is a hot topic across the built environment sector as people realise that we can do more together. So today's episode delves into collectives and how they can help to supercharge your marketing. My guests are Tanisha Rufudin and Luke Neve. So let's get on and enjoy our conversation. Bye. Hi, Luke. Hi, Tanisha, um, and welcome to the show. Tanisha, do you want to introduce yourself and your collective? Absolutely. Thanks, Ayo. It's a pleasure to be here with both of you today. I'm Tanisha Rafudin. I'm the founder and creative director of Concept Culture. And Concept Culture is a boutique creative agency that helps build environment organizations grow their brand through strategic branding and marketing. Uh, so, Luke, do you want to introduce yourself and then we will talk about your collective that you're part of? Yep, sure. Um, I'm Luke Neve. I'm director of Neve, which is a communications consultancy for the architecture, design and culture industries. And I'm really happy to be here today. Thanks for inviting me, Ayo. Brilliant. And do you want to both introduce your collective? So, Tanisha, do you want to tell us a bit about the LDN Collective and how that works? Sure. So, the LDN Collective is a virtual network of built environment professionals, and it was founded by Max Farrell, I think somewhere towards the end of 2019. Okay. And we go by the tagline of, we are city makers. And no joke, between the group, uh, we could actually make a, make a city because our group membership is made up of a, a range of consultants all across the built environment, right from planning consultants to uh, branding specialists and storytellers like myself. Okay, fantastic. And Luke, do you want to introduce us to the comms crit and how that works? Yeah, sure. So Comscrits was set up in 2020 with myself, Rob Fien and Bobby Jewell. Um, and we were sort of having conversations around what was quite a tumultuous time and trying to think of ways to support architecture and design practice, practices in an accessible, affordable way. Um, so, yeah, we, we basically set up Comscrits founded on um, the idea of a, a crit that I think most people in architecture are very, very similar with. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we, we've been going for about two years now and we've done about 21 crits to date at the moment. Oh, fantastic. So I guess, can you go into a bit of detail in terms of how you work and how you work with a practice? So they come to you and what happens, Luke? Yeah, sure. So um it kind of differs in terms of how people approach us. Um, a lot of the time, architectures practices will approach one of us individually and say, I'm looking for some support, some support on um, our communications activities. And through those sort of initial conversations, it will become clear that they might need um, some sort of crit or a conversation to put the groundwork down for their communication strategy going forward. Okay. Um, and then at that point, we sort of introduce them um, to the wider group, whoever that might be. If, if somebody's approached me, then I'll approach them to uh, Rob and Bobby. Um, and then we go from there. And um, I could go a little bit into the process of how that works right now, if you want me to. Yeah, go for it, Luke. Yeah, sure. So um, we try to make 
it as simple as possible because we are quite aware that communications as um, a specialism can be a bit overwhelming for people that don't have the experience in the field. Yeah. So we work in three steps. So first we give the practice some homework. Um, we ask them for a collection of documents and links. So that's things like a link to their website, yep. link, links to their social media channels, um, any like director profile and bios, um, a selection of current projects or projects that they've got um, upcoming that are important that they want to talk about. Yeah. Um, any news that's been out about their practice, press releases, and then any additional mar- marketing materials, so that's stuff that they might be sending out to clients or using in pitches. Yeah. Um, and then Rob, Bobby, and I will um, l- look at all of that information together have a conversation about where we think they might need help with. Um, and then we have an hour Zoom call with um, the person who's doing the comms crit. Usually it's yeah. a small team. Um, we, we welcome them to invite as many people as they like to come <laughs> and be part of that conversation. Fantastic. And, and in that hour chat, um, we run through all of the documents that they sent through and kind of have a bit of a discussion about where they would like to be. All of those things that I think um, organizations sort of should have an idea about if they've got a business strategy. And then after that, uh, we again go away and have a little bit of a conversation between us three. Yeah. Um, And we create a report which covers uh, short-term goals, long-term goals, and some in-depth marketing reviews of um, their different platforms. So like social media, website, and then if they'd sent them their marketing materials as well. So what we hope or what we aim to do with each comms crit is provide like a set of practical tools that they can take away um, and implement in an, in an easy way, easy to understand way. That's really comprehensive. So do you find that people do have a business strategy in place and things like that? Not always. No, because <laughs> no. that's actually one of the conversations <laughs> I've been having with people. It's like when you're like, actually, a lot of this stuff isn't necessarily there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that we kind of, um, we discover that in the initial conversations that we have with the practice yeah and um a lot of the time practices will come to us what once they've finished their business strategy work and they say now we're ready for some comm support or or we'll say to them you're not ready yet go and do your business strategy (laughs) and then come come back and um we can we can help you much much more than um, I think that's anyway, at, like as a consultant, um, outside of the comms crits work, that's, you know, something that I'm sure all, all three of us here on the podcast today are familiar with. That Absolutely. The business strategy needs to be sorted out first before you can do anything with comms because otherwise it's way too freewheeling yeah. and they just won't get their return on investment. I think it's when people come, so come to you and they sort of say, you know, market this and you're like, but there's nothing really there. You know, yeah, like... Exactly. <laughs> and times I'm like, it's the, it feels a bit like the Emperor's New Clothes. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, <laughs> there does need to be some substance under it, under that pretty That's picture. Right. Um, yeah. So, Tanisha, how does the LDN Collective work? What's your kind of modus operandi? Sure. So, it's, we're slightly different to the comms script, obviously. Uh, so, 
as I said in the introduction, so we are a network of built environment professionals. Yeah. And there are about 50 odd, the membership um, moves around the, the 50 number. And it was founded by Max Farrell, um, kind of like out of a frustration as, as to how procurement uh, takes place and how it can be a painful process uh, for clients dealing with multiple consultants. Yeah. So uh, he decided to bring all the consultants under one umbrella, uh, so to to so to speak, and propose a new way of working for the client with a team of consultants. And uh, essentially, our message is that we can convene and disband like a film's cast and crew. Yeah. And that makes our teams agile and more responsive to a client's needs, and it saves them time and money without compromising on the results. Because if you do go on to the LDN Collective website and look at the expertise that's out there, uh, it's it's an amazing range of expertise across the built environment. And it ranges from even like small boutique agencies like myself to uh, larger companies like Elementor or AESG, um, yeah. for example. And so uh, it is a membership. The collective is the model, is a membership model and members pay a membership Fee and Max uh, is the C as acts as the CEO and founder, and he coordinates all member activities. And we have things like monthly meetings, uh, monthly member meetings. And now, uh, since um, um, the pandemic has slowed down a bit, uh, we also meet in person. Um, uh, and the member meetings are a way for us to catch up on what's going on in the collective, what projects people are working on, if anyone has any ideas for pitches and stuff like that. Yeah. So there's a lot of value in being in, in, in being a part of, of at least the LDN collective. For me, especially me as a, as a smaller consultancy, like being a part of the collective accelerated concept culture's growth to a level that I probably wouldn't have been able to uh, uh, go uh, uh, by myself and um, and as it so happened I joined as a member but I am now working for the collective so the Elton Collective is my client <laughs> and a number of people on the uh, number of people are also our, our, our clients and yeah. we would not have been able to do that had we not joined uh, joined the the collective so uh, for me I'm coming into this conversation from both angles as a member of a collective model and also as the marketing consultant, marketing and branding consultant of a collective. Yeah. So you're doing both. That's good. Yes. <laughs> um, so Luke, what do you think are the be- the benefits of your kind of comms crit approach for your clients and the people that you're working with? I know you touched on some there, like agility and things like that, Tanisha. So from your perspective, is there, is it free heads are better than one type of thing? Yeah. Well, we all bring slightly different skill sets to, um, to the comms crit experience if you can call it that um uh you know rob has a lot of experience with um press and pr as does bobby um bobby has worked with um some organizations that are doing kind of like wider uk wide campaigns like ACAN. yeah so he has a bit more of an understanding of how to position work in a broader sense um and i have a big interest in digital and social media so we can all kind of bring something different to the table um i think outside of like what the clients get out of it too just between rob and bobby and i we've always been you know, we've been friends for a really long time now and we've all been working in the industry for, you know, eight plus years. So we bring that sort of closeness and ability to give each other critical feedback and push each other to question certain things, which I think comes through in the final report um, 
by providing something that's really kind of comprehensive and has gone through a rigorous process of evaluation. I love that a rigorous process of arguing. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> We're very like, honest. When you said that, I'm like, you're with Rob. That must be very honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all honest to each other and um actually I think that that's a really productive um yeah. working environment um we'd we you know are constantly asking each other uh, what people what their opinion is on a certain thing yeah. or whether they have advice to um apply to a certain situation and you know our the 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 comms crits itself came out of wanting to help people um in a cheap um and sorry in an affordable and um easy to access way uh, yeah. but but you know that it came from years of collaboration before then yeah. and 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 i think that sort of natural working together has really helped us but you're um, absolutely right i mean like working on your own is actually quite hard and to have sounding boards and when you come up with an idea and chat and talk talk it through with other people it just makes a better product at the end of the day doesn't it because then you're yeah then they're bringing in their ideas and they're bringing in all of that as well so you you're not alone and I think that's yeah. you know the whole kind of thing about collectors is actually it's a creative force together isn't it and it it, it works really nicely yeah exactly so do you think there are kind of any drawbacks of collectives are there any that you see Tanisha um, well, like, like in any collaborative process, uh, you know, everything will take a bit longer. Mm. Yeah. So I think the more voices that are involved at a table, you know, everyone's voice has to be heard. Everyone has to be given a say in the matter. So I think um, things will take longer. And then obviously, uh, at least in the collective, you know, there's 50 of us, 50 people. So getting everyone's diaries aligned, uh, you yeah. know, getting everyone to be at the right same place at the same time uh, is challenging. And that's why we have the monthly meetings and that's in everyone's diary in advance. Uh, so I would say that if you're somebody who has less patience, maybe <laughs> being a part of the collective is not uh, not for you. Because it's definitely a marathon, <laughs> not a sprint. <laughs> it's going to happen yesterday. And <laughs> what do you see as any drawbacks, Luke? I think, I mean, I can echo Tanisha's <laughs> statement, plan, but it's obviously a bit easier with us three of us. Yeah. But we do still, you know, we make sure that we give each other space to give um, their on it, like feedback to the process. Yeah. And, you know, we're all three of us are very busy communications consultants so sometimes we we set ourselves a deadline for a week after the first after we have the zoom call with the client to give the report and we tr and we haven't broken that yet <laughs> but there have been times where we're like we need to get this done now yeah, yeah, yeah. and um so that you know can be difficult dealing with as Tanisha said dealing with other people's schedules to get the work done by a certain time yeah um but I think you know you get around that you put um different strategies in place to help you and I think things like having a strict deadline is um but it helps you in a way doesn't it yeah yeah because yeah. it gives exactly. you that focal point of we've got a week to do this <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah yeah and for us as well um the fee that we've set uh 
probably doesn't represent the exactly the amount of time that we put into yeah. each report. Um, but we, like we made an agreement to do it at a certain level fee-wise and we're sticking to that. And so as a result, we're trying to make sure that we're balancing the time that everyone is putting into it so that it's fair. Yeah. Um, so that is also another, maybe could be considered a downside that you don't want to overwork um, and deliver more than you maybe should be with each report. Yeah. So we're very wary of that um, each time we're doing it. But I'm sure as yeah. you're doing more of them, you get more into the process as well, though, don't you, in terms of understanding right. and understanding what you're looking for and, and how to approach it and tackle it as well. That's yeah. right, yeah. I can That's add to right. that. Go on, Tanisha. Yeah. I can add to that as well in terms of uh, the fee. So it's also because also there are more people involved and there's only one pot of fee. So the fee that you get at the end is probably smaller than if you were going it on your own. But however, co collaboratively pitching for uh, projects opens doors to projects, that, more lucrative projects that you probably wouldn't have been able to pitch for uh, yourself. Yeah. So there is a balance to be uh, achieved on that front. Completely. So um, have you got a kind of success story you want to share with us, Tanisha, of where it's kind of worked really well, the whole kind of collaborative approach or something like that? Is there a, something you can share? I, I can share my own. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> because uh, I'm making money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, can share, I can share my own. I mean, uh, like I said, I just happened to come across the LDN Collective. It was during the height of the pandemic. Everyone was on LinkedIn. You know, everyone was more open to connecting on LinkedIn. And I, I saw a post by... Uh, by Max Farrell and I dropped him a line I was like what is this collective and can I learn more and then we had a chat and I was like oh I'd love to join and and they because the collective has a group of um, built environment consultants as well as the, um, the communications and branding yeah. uh, group as well so that's why we're slightly different because we bring both elements uh, together uh, uh, it attracted me because I was you know, because I transitioned from being an architect and being a built environment consultant into marketing and branding. Yeah. So it was a really good opportunity for me to uh, to be a part of of the collective, and uh, we did some work together. And then Max um, asked me to formally uh, run LDN's uh, digital channels. So we started with social media, and then I pushed him to start the newsletter. So now we have this newsletter. <laughs> Uh, and he has, you know, the collective has benefited so much from that newsletter. Uh, it's it's incredible. And now as a group, we're going to MIPIM. And I probably wouldn't have been able to go to MIPIM if it was just me. But now growing as a group gives me the confidence to go to such yeah. a large uh, But large also it event. means you know people there, which I think is always yeah. a scary part mm. of MIPIM, right? It's yeah. huge. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like Max has personally said, like, I'm going to take you under my wing. And that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't a part of. Yeah. of this group and that's the community aspect of it is so important uh and like you said earlier i you know working uh, by yourself is hot is is hard and particularly mm -hmm. now uh, in in you know post pandemic and in the in the recovery period to so being a part of this community having people uh to lean on as sounding boards and to check your ideas and in my case people who are uh, far more experienced than me uh it's 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 literally, it's a feeling I can't uh, put in words. I'm trying to, very <laughs> difficult to, but I have benefited personally, me as my personal brand and Concept Culture's brand has benefited immensely from being part of the LDN Collective. Fantastic. And Luke, do you have a short story you can um, share with us as well? 
Yeah, sure. So, I mean, aside from the fact that we've done 21 crits so far, which Woo-woo! I think is, is <laughs> you know, that's, that's a lot. basically <laughs> one a month, which is really, really good. Um, and we've got, we've got three or four books in for the next few months, which is really great. Yeah. Um, just the positive feedback that we've had from basically every single report so far has been like overwhelming. Um, the practices have been really grateful. So this sound this is going to doesn't sound so honest, but it is. <laughs> we're we're, re- we're really happy that um, we're providing this support to the practices that have worked with us. And outside of that. Um, it's really enjoyable to have updates from the practices that we've worked with. Mm. We do quite often hear from people saying, um, we've just actioned that point that you said that we should do or something yeah. like that. And it, and that's just a really nice thing to see that they are taking our advice on board yeah. and um, finding that the actions that we've suggested are easy for them to do themselves. Outside of that, um, sometimes they'll ask one or a couple of us to work with them in the future so yeah bobby and i work with delve architects now um as a result of you know this comms crit process yeah. and even there they're referring back to the report when we um have meetings together so it's nice to see that you know when we're delivering a report it's existing for a long amount of time after that we've actually sent it through and that they are actually taking our um, suggestions on board. That's the thing, is it? It's when you do a report and it's live and it's actionable and people are using it rather than sitting on a drive somewhere. And that's, yeah. that is the, well, that's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. it How many reports, I know when you write those reports and it's literally, you're like, they never seen that again. They'll, they'll blow that off. They'll, they'll, they'll dust that off in like a year and go, oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, they do the end of year review. Yeah, or we were meant to do something. Like, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but no, I, I think that's the sign of a good report is when it's used. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, I, isn't it? And, and you do get a yeah. buzz from that. I think so as well. And I mean, like, also just out, outside of the Comscript thing, as I said before, um, Rob and Bobby and I have worked together for a really long time and we've been running events um, for the architecture industry where we try to do something a little bit different. Mm. And I think our um, combined experience and want to do something that isn't just like a architecture panel or something, <laughs> we, we've created a lot of, like, fun, um, engaging events that um, have had great feedback as well um, in the past too. So how can, if I'm a client and I'm thinking, right, this collective model, this is what I want to be doing. I want to be working with a number of people. Um, What what things should I be doing or what should I be thinking about in order to appoint somebody? Tanisha, you want to kick us off? Um, I guess I think it's this this realisation that you have access to to a, a, a wider pool of talent yeah. and uh, I think there's there is some value in that because otherwise you'd probably have to procure uh, you know every consultant separately but also you are going to be working with a, a group that has a combined mission and a combined vision and we're all uh, for the most part brand brand aligned so you will get a committed team uh, I would say, yeah. uh, and so there's definitely benefits to approaching uh, a collective uh, over maybe a single practice. I think each 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 approach will have its pros and cons, but but I would say give it a try. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, uh, be open, 
be open to working in a in a in a different way uh, that's uh, different to the traditional route of of procurement. I'd say. And Luke, uh, it's a good question. Aside from having a business strategy you're ready to go, yeah, which <laughs> um, a lot of people don't. <laughs> I would say it's good to come to the table with an idea of what you want. I think the hardest conversations that we have with people are when they come not having a clue what they want. They've just been told that they need to have some communication support (laughs) and that's it. And I've, yeah, you know, you do get there eventually um, with that, but it's much harder. It's a barrier that you have to overcome together Whereas if somebody comes and says, you know, quite honestly, uh, I'm struggling with Instagram or I, um, we haven't got much coverage for our our projects. Then those are clear actionable areas where you can offer support. If it's, um, really need some help. (laughs) I just need to be out there. (laughs) Yeah. I need to be out there. Then it's much, much uh, harder yeah. to um, have a productive session and for both parties to get something from from conversations together. So I, w- I would, yeah, maybe do not really research, but just sit down, do a bit of an assessment of where you are and yeah. where you want to be and then start to approach people. And, and the other thing I would say is um, approach a collective, sure, like one of us, if if you think, um, you know, comms creator, if you think you might, might need to have a baseline for your communication strategy yeah. or, um, you know, speaking to uh, an organization like Tanisha is part of, if you want, you know, help to deliver some of this stuff. Yeah. But also it's thinking about like going to a few different people, potentially. Yeah. Don't just go to one person, go to a few people find that person that you gel with because then the work will become so much more easier to deliver. Um, you've got to have a good relationship, I think, for these things to um, be done successfully. And I think on top of that, actually, what you said about finding the right person as well is even when you talked about the skills, the different skill sets that you have within your collective, everyone, like we can all have similar titles, but actually it's talking to us to actually know what our sweet spots are and those areas of expertise are for us as individuals because I think that's yeah. th- that that is the key thing is that you know a, a comms consultant can have a whole plethora of skills depending on what and I think it's finding that person who's got the skills that are right for what you need and I think you're right that you can only get that from a conversation that's not from a website that's actually talking to somebody you know and really understanding what they no, are right. and what they do yeah I think it's really really rare to be able to look at a web like a website or someone's instagram and say we're going to give them you know a grand a month retainer that would be nice though. <laughs> <laughs> did you yeah. I'm saying you're having the wrong cause um but no, <laughs> but no completely i think you have to have those conversations um and so are there any kind of particular questions or particular things that people should ask do you think if they're taught, they're kind of scoping out a collective or are there any kind of particular things that they should be ask 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 people aside from what we've already talked about already yeah. um the main thing that i think practices should welcome is the honest feedback 
and it can be hard to hear sometimes if you've spent time in a certain area yeah. and it's not it's not going the way that you want it to but you but you need to have that feedback to make um make a positive change and you know we'll we'll try and um give you as much practical feedback as possible but if you're not honest about something um or you're not prepared to take honest advice then then it just won't um be very productive at all and you won't get the results you're after either will you no and i think you're being open is is the key thing and for you tanisha yeah i would i would agree with what uh, lucas just said um like with in any sector when you're hiring a consultant uh a single consultant or a group of consultants, the same principles around, uh, apply. Um, you know, when you when you book a d- discovery call, for example, um, get go prepared with the co- go prepared for the call. Go, uh, you know, give the consultant or collective as much information as you can about yeah. about um, what your goals are, what you're looking to achieve, what's the timeline um, that you're uh, that you want to achieve it in. What's the budget? And I think that's something that people dance around way too much. Uh, oh, budget's I think huge, if, isn't it? Yeah. But I yeah. think if you if you come as a client, if you come to the first conversation with an idea of budget, then that will make things so much easier, and it just saves everybody time, you know. Yeah. Because like, because if you're if you don't have the budget, then you're wasting the consultant's time, uh, and I think that's a big bugbear uh, for me as I you know in, you know I'm relatively young as a as a business owner. And it, the number of times, like I, I ask the client, "Do you have a budget, or what do you have a budget in mind?" I say, "I have no idea." I was like, "So why are we having this conversation?" Because yeah. uh, you know, uh, and I, I think, uh, I think, ha- you know, knowing what and what, what are you going to invest in the process? Because uh, definitely, working with us, it's a two-way process. Yeah. So mm. um, you know, are, are you? Do you have the time to invest? Uh, when you're working with a marketing consultant, um, I mean, we we run, uh, we have retainer clients as well. Uh, just now speaking as concept culture, and uh, I'm very upfront that you're going to have to put in the time to work with us. It's not like oh, we ask you for something and then you don't respond and and just expect things to. Be like, where's my happen. coverage this month? And you're like, well, no, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So that's my my point is like, yeah. So realizing that this is going to be a two way two-way process yeah. that you as a client have to invest your own time and you have to be committed to the process and that you have a fair a realistic budget realistic goals realistic timeline will just get you to where you need to go uh faster yeah. in a more efficient way and and you will see the roi because everyone's like oh i don't see the value in in this i don't see the value in branding i don't see the value in marketing uh, and if you are that person who doesn't see the value in branding and marketing, then it's not my job to convince you. Come mm. to me when you are aware of the value yeah. of the branding and marketing, and then let's have a conversation. That's so interesting and so refreshing. But And also, I think the whole budget thing, I think, is a really interesting one. Because it doesn't need to be yeah. a finite budget. It just needs to be, can even be in the brackets of, you know. A range. Even a range. I think that's absolutely fine. Yeah. But it just give you yeah. some kind of idea because you're right. Because I think otherwise you're there and you're like, actually this is the this because quite often now i actually do go back to people and say actually this is my day right yeah because and i i say that quite up front because because otherwise you are having conversations and you're like you know you can be able to afford to work with me and or you know and all of this kind of stuff and i'm sure with collectives and anything else it's going to be exactly the same sorry luke did you yeah 
Yeah, sure. I just wanted to pick up on something that Tanisha said just then, and, and that was about time frame. Yeah. I think that is one thing that um, you also kind of come up against a lot with potential clients is that they'll approach you a week before the project is about to finish. And, <laughs> you know, it's so much harder to do something with a project on that tighter time frame in fact i would probably say no i can't help you i'm sorry because you know you need time to generate the materials needed to best celebrate a project completion or a project going to planning um so that that would be one piece of advice that i would give to any practice thinking about speaking to a communications person is do your forecasting of when projects are going to go to planning they're going to going to be completing etc etc and get in touch with a communications person three to four months before that the date of that thing happening because that will give you the best chance to have a successful campaign around an individual um, activity. Anything less than that, you're probably missing out on a few opportunities that you could have got if you'd just given yourself a bit more time. I have to admit, I always think when you start marketing, you know when people come to you when a project's done, I think you've lost the window. That is it. You Mm. know, like, because actually those stories that come as you're developing that project are probably some of the best content. And you've probably yeah. missed all Absolutely. of that window. And I yeah. always kind of think, actually, once it's done, that's, well, I mean, okay, it's great to show you around it, but you know what I mean? I kind of think you get a lot more as you're going through a project and why you've yeah. made a decision and why you've chosen that material and why, you know, all of that, kind, those kind of it's granular a richer things. Story. Yeah, it's a richer story. Richer. It's a richer story. Yeah. I think as well, also, like, I mean, maybe we're going a bit off piste here, but <laughs> you're to, to talk about, <laughs> to talk about um, press um pr um it's much more difficult to uh place stories yeah and um, as a result of covid having an impact on publications and they're having their um commissioning budget slashed and on all of that stuff and um they won't if a project is completed and it and it's been completed for three months they won't cover it and you'll you'll find it really really difficult to get the coverage. So that's mm. just another reason to try and give as much time as possible leading up to something, so that you can start those essential conversations with people like journalists as soon as possible. Great. And I also like to add uh, add one more point. Um, so I know you guys talked about um, you know people having a companies having a business strategy before they come to a comms consultant. Uh, I would also add. Uh, do you have a brand strategy? Do you know your why? Uh, why why do you operate? Why are you? Do you know your purpose as a as a business? And I mean, concept culture's agenda is purely to work with businesses, uh, but purposeful brands. So one of the first questions I ask is, what's your why? Why yeah. are you operating beyond profit? You know, what's your what's your purpose? And if that if they can't answer the the why question, then I would find it difficult to to work with them because they if you don't have clarity of what your brand is how do you expect someone to be able to communicate that for you yeah so the clarity of 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 your brand has to start with you and then obviously we're here to help you um articulate uh what your brand is uh is about but having that clarity as a first step uh yourself uh will help uh the consulting team uh, that you're working with to be able to amplify your voice better. 
Brilliant. And we're going to finish on that note. So thank you both for coming on the show. Um, and how do we find out more about you, Tanisha? Um, you can uh, visit our website. It's conceptculture.co. We're also uh, on social media as well. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing from your listeners, Ayo. Fantastic. And Luke? Yeah, so you, um, you can find uh, me personally on Twitter, on Luke M. Neve, and also on neve.agency. That's my website. And then for Comscrits, it's comscrits.com or info at comscrits. And if you send it to that email, it will go through to all three of us and one of us will get back to you. Within 24 hours or something, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, then can I add the LDN Collective? Yes, I think you should, as it was an interview for the LDN Collective. That is correct. So, yes, if you'd like to reach out to uh, L- L- the LDN Collective, we are at LDN uh, Collective, ldn-collective.com. And we're also on social media. And you can sign up for a newsletter. It's really cool. It is lovely, actually. Uh, Max, uh, Max, oh, so Max is really good at posting as well. Um, yes, <laughs> fantastic. Thank you so much, guys. And yeah, so this will be out shortly. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. Pleasure. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the latest episode of Marketing in Times of Recovery. And I'm your host, Iowa Bass. If you want to find out more about the bi-weekly show, do check out the show notes, which will give you more information about who the guests are and all the things we've covered. Uh, and if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on an episode. Until next time. Bye. Bye.